Welcome to the Confessionalist Podcast. Today's topic, strategic relocation, the why and how of it. I'm Raymond Simmons. We're on episode five. Thanks for listening today. I'm going to start a series on strategic relocation. I'll do this podcast and at least one more. My hunch is that we will return to this topic often. In fact, I, I may do a Q&A. So before we start, if you have questions or comments, write them down and send me an email. This is something that's happening. People are moving today, packing up and moving out. Just yesterday, I saw an article. People are moving from blue states to red states, which mostly means it is the conservatives that are moving. I was talking to someone at the recent Fight, Laugh, Feast rally who was from Moscow, Idaho. They had 100 families move there last year, and they're expecting the same amount or more this year. So, Strategic relocation. Today, I'd, I'd like to talk about the why and how of strategic relocation. Next week, we'll talk about the when and the where. Most people are really interested in the where. I, I get asked that quite a bit. Where do we go? What's the place? But the, the why and the how is more important than the when and the where. And how you do it may make a difference. It may make it or, or break it for you and, and your family. So we'll talk about that. Let's start with the why. Why would you do this? No surprise by this point, confessionalism provides a very good why of strategic relocation. God not only deals with individuals, with the church, and with families in covenantal terms, he also deals with the civil magistrate and really all of society in covenantal terms. This is a strong and repetitive theme in the Bible, even extending into the New Covenant, with a societal confession. And if you can find a way to get that early, then you have the construct for blessings, a, a path to go forward. We've spent a fair amount of time on land curses. We haven't done a, a deep dive, but we've primed the pump. And you know that from God's perspective, it's not good. If from, from a biblical analysis on, on curses shows us that we are at a point of publicly, officially celebrating sins that God says curses nations, uh, all nations for all times. So on the, on the good-bad scale, this says it crashed down solidly on the bad side, and it will stay there until we repent as a society. When, when God lays it down, He lays it down. Isaiah 43, 12 says, there is none that can deliver out of my hand. Last time we talked about the geographical aspects of blessings and curses, and this is where relocation becomes an attractive option. If a geographic area is either blessed or cursed, and if subordinate societies, like counties, can move from God's curses to blessings, well, you know, now you've got a potential return on, on investment. It may be worth the cost and the risk to do a strategic relocation and get to a place where you can find those blessings. Now, maybe you can do that where you are. It may just take longer. It may just be a matter of time. So these are the types of, of considerations we have to work through. But remember, social confession is a starting point, not an ending point. So that's why I'm into strategic relocation. So we can start to please God, not just as individuals, not just as families and churches, but as small civilization, local Christendom. I, I want to talk about non-strategic relocation, non-strategic 
relocation. Because what, what I'm seeing offered up as strategic relocation isn't really. There's no substantive uh, strategy there. Most of them are let's uh, run away bravely. That's the that's the approach. Last year, when I saw conservative homeschooling Christians start to talk about strategic relocation, I I tilted my head and went, yeah, okay, but let's think about this a little bit. What, what's the reason? It's sad that the Benedict option is the term we now use for this idea. Really? I mean, that's what we use? That's the best we can do? Uh, the Benedict option was helpful in in getting us to think, but it would be better if we attacked this thing uh, from a biblical and historical perspective. To me, it was almost as if we forgot all of our homeschooling books on uh, the the Scottish Covenanters, on the, the Westminster Divines and their doctrine of the civil magistrate, of the purpose and mindset of the early American settlements. And we turned to an Eastern Orthodox author to tell us why and how what to do. Rod Dreher is a smart guy, and I've learned from him, but he does not have the covenantal aspect. He does not have the theonomic aspect, and he does not have the eschatological aspect. So without those elements, I say, don't do it. Don't relocate. That's not a strategic relocation, or if it is, it's uh, it's not a a biblical strategy. Now, to be fair, um, Dreyer's really calling more for more of a strategic withdrawal, but not necessarily a relocation. But people today in our vernacular are using it as a a term for relocation. There's another book called Strategic Relocation, and it's on its fourth edition now, and we'll probably talk about that next time. It's the other book people have told me you have to get. But I don't think it's going to be strategic. I think it's going to be non-strategic. Essentially, any strategic relocation that is based upon a plan to survive the apocalypse is not a good one. I'm a military strategist, and most of my experience is with nuclear strategy. I've spent, I spent time in the, in the basement, six stories down. I know what people are talking about. It's a threat, sure. And so are earthquakes and water shortages and food shortages. It's good to plan for those things and to be ready. But a strategic relocation needs to have a strategy other than hunker and hide. These things, these things like military attack, pandemics, they are curses. Please think about them in biblical terms. Remember that Jesus is the one who is ordaining everything. He's the one sitting on the uh, on the throne. And so I think that's uh, something that we need to sit around and talk about a little bit more. You know, why are things going the way they are as a as a civilization? What does the operating manual say? I think that'll help. Now, any strategy needs to deal with purpose. That's why in the military we always start are planning with commander's intent. It's usually like a three-sentence blurb. What's the purpose? For us, rather than survive, I think an opportunity to build is a good mission. It's a winsome generational approach. Now, I don't think everybody is meant to build. Some are Puritans, some are pilgrims. And there's it's always been that way, and I think there's a healthy tension there. You know, the the Puritans rightly did not want to just chunk it all. I mean, that's a good point. Uh, but the Pilgrims, 
however, tend to make quicker advances, and they wind up helping the Puritans and, and all of Christianity. So that tension is healthy. I'm just hoping that people realize that these are complementary tactics. Another why, another reason to relocate from a confessional standpoint is simply to live close together. I'm saying that the principle is that it's good for brothers to dwell together. That's a blessing. Uh, today, we, we seem to think that Christians deliberately living close is bad. One of Bonhoeffer's points in his book, Living Together, was that we should value the spiritual bond more than the geographical bond. And, you know, if I had to choose, I'd say, yeah, he's, he's right. But I think it's a false dichotomy. When, when the pilgrims went to Leiden, Holland, they tried to live in clusters. They were um, able to basically buy a whole city block, and many of them lived there. They purposely lived close because they wanted to keep their own culture. In this case, it, it didn't work, uh, and, and they left. Leiden was about 40,000 people, by the way. There's great value of living close. I've I've wondered often how we can fulfill Hebrews 3.13, but encourage one another daily. This assumes that we are in each other's lives. You know, I think email and texting is, is okay for this, but it's a step down. There's other things. The ability to build a local economy, uh, to be resilient during economic downturn, to reduce our intake of industrial food, to, to cut down the cost of, of commuting. Living close is of great value because Jesus made us social creatures, and the church is local, and, and it's geographic in the Bible. I'm going to write about this in an upcoming newsletter, but to me, one of the biggest whys to relocate is to become a, a distinct local civilization that can make the nations jealous. The city on the hill, I, you know, that, that concept in Isaiah 2 and Matthew 5 is not something that was only for a certain time in history. And it's not something that happens at the end of the gospel campaign. It's not a result of the gospel campaign. It's part of the gospel campaign. So we should not be afraid to let our works be seen before men if, if the purpose is glorifying God. Which leads to my last point on the why of strategic relocation. We have to be honest with ourselves and ask, ultimately, what's my motive? Who is this for? Is it just for me? Is it just for my family? Any endeavor like this needs to be for the purpose of loving Jesus, of glorifying God. One of the most eye-opening lessons I learned last year from Steve Wilkins' American History was that early American pursuit of freedom, and, uh, and also with the Scottish Covenanters, it was not about their personal rights, but about the crown rights of King Jesus. So it has to be about him. The why cannot just be to avoid punishment. It needs to be about things like pure worship and a covenantal family life and enjoying the benefits of Christ's ascension and the victory of the gospel. It needs to be about him, not us. So to recap, here are some of the reasons, the why for doing strategic relocation. Because a societal covenant is required to move from societal curses to blessings, because land curses and blessings are geographic, because God not only sees nations, but subordinate societies, such as counties. Living close is a blessing from the Bible, and, uh, and, and we can be a distinct civilization to make 
nations jealous, other counties and states jealous. But only if we do it to show our love for Jesus by building his kingdom will it please him. And so I think here are some good reasons, some good whys to strategically relocate. Second, the how. How to relocate. Let's say you have a number of like-minded families who want to relocate and are able to relocate. Not everybody's able to relocate, but they want to and they're able. And they're doing it for good and faithful reasons. How do you do it? How do you turn this into action? I'm afraid that most of the uh, how-tos only focus on logistics. Logistics are important, but it's better to tap into a covenant with God. That's the main thing. There's a lot in the Bible about relocation. And when whenever God is about to move somebody to, to put us into transition, then uh, he, he says he'll be with us. I've had a lot of times of transitions in, in my life, a lot of moving, uh, midlife career change. Probably all of us have had this. And, and God is with us during transitions. Think about the promises to Noah, Joseph, uh, Moses, Joshua, uh, David, as he's in transition. God reached out to them in covenantal terms to these men. And they also had other men that were sort of swept up into that, into that covenant. God promises to be with his people. Before the Babylonian exile, God is telling his people, I will be with you. God doesn't say, when, when you get there, I'll be waiting for you. Rather, it's, I'll be with you along the way. Isaiah says this, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. So all these transitions, the, the main message of God is do not fear. If God is moving you, do not fear. So that's a, that's a good starting point. Back to our scenario. So you've got some people who are considering this. The Bible's a good playbook here. Examples of strategic relocation on how to do it. Joshua. Joshua shows us that we should start with a social covenant before the conquest. The first chapter of Joshua, they stand to the covenant. And then God helps them throughout the campaign when they keep the covenant. And then when the initial conquest is over, they covenant again. This is Joshua's famous, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And uh, which incidentally, this covenant, this choice, was not just done as individual families, as we tend to think. It was actually done corporately. They all uh, covenanted together. We, we tend to miss that point. But uh, a historical example, the Mayflower. We, when we think about the Mayflower, we think about the Mayflower Covenant. But they covenanted before the voyage. Bradford writes, they were knit together in a sacred bond. Now, once they made it through the transition across the ocean. Then we have the Mayflower Compact. And the mindset here, though, is to covenant with God, not at the end, but at the outset. Uh, now, a lot of people are doing relocation to existing areas and existing churches. I think that's good. I mentioned Moscow, Idaho. A friend of mine just told me last week he's moving there. Moving to an existing church can be a, a very smart move. It's lower risk. You just have to make sure that the location and the church is what the Lord is calling you to. So there's a lot of a lot of considerations. But for our example of the pilgrim families who who are, are are looking to choose a place and start from scratch or near scratch, ask the Lord to bless you early. And and very important, stay connected and accountable 
to a sending church during this time. Stay covenantally connected to a church. Most of the failures in my research of these types of endeavors have been because they did not stay covenantally connected to the church and they did not have accountability. So it's very important. And try to work the transition so that you have worship, real worship with a, a church officer leading worship and hope, hopefully sacraments right away. So the how. The how to strategic relocate, firstly and most importantly, is to connect to God from the start. Um, ask for his blessings. That's biblical. That's historical. And the rest you can, you can work out with the other books. I say this often, but I need to say it often. Strategic relocation is not something everyone has to do. It's not as if those who stay where they are in a liberal state or in a uh, idolatrous city or, you know, wherever they are, it's not as if they are personally sinning because of that. In fact, a person who stays put could be more pleasing to God than somebody who makes a ton of sacrifice to move his family. It all depends on the heart condition. It all depends upon the calling from God. God calls people differently, and it depends on our response to that to that calling. That said, my analysis is that we are at a point where the culture has gone too far. I'm getting on the boat, leaving Leiden, Holland. I am headed for Plymouth, Lord willing. When our nation is at a point of celebrating our public sin, then God has given over the nation to a depraved mind. I'm not giving up on the country, but I, I, I'm taking the original constitutional view that the states are countries and that the United States is a voluntary federation of countries. So I'm changing my approach, focusing on the county and then on the state and then, if time allows, the, the nation. Now, is the United States beyond God's reach? Is Seattle out of God's reach? Absolutely not. God rebuked the Israelites in Deuteronomy 7.17 for being afraid of the fact that they had to take on nations larger than them. But I believe we are under the curses of Leviticus 26, where our nation has continued to sin despite warnings, and now God is walking contrary to us. If that's true, it changes the equation for me. So I, I encourage you to make your own uh, analysis of this in prayer. But I've come to the conclusion that not only is our foundation broken in this country, but that we never even had a foundation because our founding documents do not openly acknowledge King Jesus. Um, we lost the covenantal understanding of society when Christendom went away when modernism basically put us on our current path. And that transition in history happened in the late 1700s, basically right when our country was being formed. I think it's presumptuous to believe we can uh, have societal progress without our representative heads confessing and covenanting with Jesus. Uh, I have shown the biblical support of this in uh, my book that should be coming out next next month. And actually, I'm not presenting anything new. that That's the whole point of it, is a, a return to a, a biblical and historical practice. So if you ask me, I believe a strategic relocation is a good move. If it's a move to a place where you can build culture instead of fight it, 
Strategic relocation to rural counties is my choice. It, you know, that's where I would go. It's a good answer to the why and the how. It's not for everyone. It just depends on calling and, and being obedient to that call. But if you relocate strategically, make sure it really is strategic. The right reasons done in the right way, a covenant from start to finish. And it must be done for the love and glory of our Redeemer, the man, Jesus Christ. Next time, we'll get into more of the tactical level, the when and the where. So, so tune in. Remember, if you have any questions or comments, email them to me, ray at theconfessionalist.com. Well, until next time, remember Psalm 6311, but the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory, but the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. 